0: You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-something. Welcome back to another episode of How to 20-something. I have to say that today's topic is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. I mean, honestly, everything I talk about on here is a favorite topic, but I guess this is the most important one to begin taking immediate action on. And if you recently came to my Puzzled by Priorities group program in April, then you'll know exactly what I'm about to talk about, and that is how to get good sleep and why you need to make sleep a priority in your life. If you want to be in the know about future programs and workshops that I'm offering, most of which are free, then you're going to want to hop onto my email list as those people are the first to hear anything. And you'll get a fun little life hack of the month every month. So the link to join my list is attached in the show notes and it's always at the bottom of my website, which is also in the show notes. Now, I think we can all agree how shitty it feels to be operating on little sleep. You can probably recall the dependence of caffeine, the headaches, the lack of energy, the inability to focus or concentrate, and just feeling off. And these are just the short-term effects of poor sleep. I mean, if you're listening to this episode the day that it drops, you're probably experiencing the adverse effects that come with Mondays. The real kicker is there are so many more serious consequences to getting poor sleep that I'm going to run through during today's episode, as well as why sleep is important, what could be hindering your sleep, and steps you can begin taking to improve it. So let's get right into it. Operating on poor quality sleep actually makes you more irritable. It increases your cravings while consequently decreasing your self-discipline. It is directly related to decreased cognitive control and regulation. So in other words, When you sleep like shit, you have a decreased ability to make good decisions, problem solve, control your emotions, and interact with other people in a level-headed way. You might find yourself lashing out at people or having minimal patience for anything because of this increased irritability that has resulted from poor sleep. Your body is in an increased state of stress, so as a result, your body is going to store nutrients as fat As it feels like you are in trouble, and if you remember from last week, your brain is doing what it can to keep you alive. This time, it's in regards to protecting your vital organs and making sure you don't starve to death, which I'll explain in a second. But you see, your brain and body don't understand that you chose to go party until 3am and purposely mess up your sleep. Or, in another direction, that you've clogged up your schedule so much you have to sacrifice sleep. Which I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, you'll start making moves to no longer sacrifice your sleep and instead work to sacrifice something else. If you're the type of person with an insane schedule where everything is important, then you're probably thinking, But Jess, I literally can't find anything else to sacrifice to create more time in my day. Which is where I'm going to respond to you with two answers. The first one being structure is pillar two in my Own Your Life Signature System, where we work on time management, how to navigate your existing schedule, and properly prioritizing your day to support your goals. The second one is I know exactly what it's like to have an insane schedule, because from April of 2021 until March of 2022, I had a full-time job, a personal training side hustle, I was growing my coaching business, and I was in a relationship for part of that time period. whoops, (laughs) whoops, <laughs> all while sleeping 8 hours still every single night, working out every day, and eating healthy. So yes, if you have effective time management skills, it is possible to get your sleep in. In fact, you should be moving mountains to make sure you're getting adequate sleep. And if you can't figure out how, then it's time for you and I to hop on a call about working together. Now, I want to jump back to why our bodies like to store fat when we're stressed and not sleeping well. And it's because our brains and body operate on an outdated system in a very technologically advanced world. you'll hear me relate back to caveman times a lot because that's where we evolved from. In this case, it's in relation to sleep and stress. And in future episodes, I can tell you right now, will be in regards to exercise and nutrition. You see, thousands of years ago, when we got poor sleep, it was because we were in an unsafe environment and therefore under more stress. And since we were unsafe, we couldn't settle down and have food readily accessible, so our bodies needed to make sure we would survive this period of chronic stress by storing fat for times of starvation and uncertainty. Again, with the goal to keep us alive. In today's world, we have artificial lights, blue lights from our screens, and safe places to sleep that's not out in the wild, unless, of course, you're in some sort of situation or voluntarily doing that, But Your brain doesn't understand that you're purposely keeping yourself awake or even unintentionally doing so. Therefore, it's going to store fat since it's stressed out. I do want to say that what I'm talking about does also apply to people with sleep disorders. So talk to your doctor about treatments and remedies to getting that under control. But I would say most of this episode and... All of, and to all of you 20-somethings here listening is we're going to attribute your sleep quality and quantity to your own decision making and priorities as in it's your choice to put sleep on the back burner and not because of a medical condition. And again, hopefully by the end of this episode that is no longer the case. Some more negative but now internal effects of poor sleep is increasing your risk for so many health disorders such as obesity, diabetes, heart attacks, anxiety and depression, memory loss, a decreased immune response so you're going to get sick more, and lower sex drive since your hormones become deregulated. Basically, your body stops operating efficiently while also breaking itself down because you aren't letting yourself sleep for seven to nine quality hours a night. And while we're on this topic of quantity, you're not actually sleeping the eight hours you think you are. Sleep studies have shown that for the night sleep you're getting, you should subtract an hour as you wake up throughout the night, whether you remember those moments or not. And if those side effects weren't serious enough, I'm here to also tell you that you cannot have the life you want to live or even think about achieving your goals or being a contributing member to society without consistently putting your sleep quantity and quality at the top of your mind. Which is why I created this entire episode to help you set yourself up for a successful night's sleep and tell you about all the detrimental effects that come with disregarding your body's need to sleep with the goal to scare you into better prioritizing it. You see, in today's world, if sleep wasn't important, we would have found a way to bypass it because you're in a very vulnerable and unproductive state when you are sleeping. And you can see animal sleep all the time And they're putting themselves in that same state. Clearly telling you it is a key component to survival. You need sleep to support your longing for a successful life. And I know life happens and I also know it feels like it's impossible to get everything done in a typical workday, but start with improving your sleep and then everything else becomes a lot more possible. For instance, if you went to bed late for whatever reason, but still have your alarm set for a normal gym time in the morning, it is more beneficial to your health for you to cut out half of your workout and use that time for extra sleep. A few months ago, I was offering a free 30-minute nutrition coaching call to one of the gyms that I personal train at, and a member hopped on the call and he told me that he works the night shift at his job and usually goes to sleep around 7.30 or 8 a.m. and then wakes up for the noon class. And I told him that that is the equivalent of me telling him that I'm going to bed at 10 or 10.30 and waking up at 2 a.m. to go work out. And he quickly realized how ridiculous that sounded and what he was unintentionally doing to his body. And he reaped all the benefits that sleep has to offer once he stopped interrupting it for the noon class. So for all of you night shift workers out there, ask yourself if you had a 9 to 5, would you work out before work or after work, and go from there. Or if you even worked from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., would you choose? Would you wanna work out before work or after work? I mean, honestly, based off of my clients, I've had nurses and pharmacists where they're on their feet and working 12-hour shifts. I advise them not to work out during like the days that they're working. I'd tell them those are the days for recovery and then your days off are the days you can go work out. But I'm just getting at, do not wake up in the middle of the day your, like, night, quote-unquote, but day to work out as you're screwing up your sleep. Whatever your sleep schedule is, you need to be as consistent as you can be. I'm not saying you can never have a fun night out or travel. I'm just saying that it shouldn't be every single Friday and Saturday night where you're staying out till close. When you think about it, you're basically putting yourself into jet lag every weekend when you do stay out that late and then sleep in the following day. It's like if you flew from Florida to California for 48 hours and expected yourself to be ready to go and fu- like functioning normally come Monday. Do you realize how insane that sounds? Yet you continue to do that to yourself regularly only without the fun trip to California. I'm gonna switch gears. We're gonna switch from the negative effects of poor sleep to talking about all of the wonderful things that sleep does for you. For starters, Sleep is the foundation to a thriving, productive, mentally secure, and focused mind, and it is an essential component to your overall mental, physical, and emotional well-being. When you get good sleep, you are allowing your body to recover and rejuvenate muscles and tissues so your body is capable of functioning properly the next day. It's also good to note that you're stronger when you sleep better, or when you sleep longer as well, because of the recovery that's occurring during your slumber. So test your strength out when you go lift up the gym after a good night's sleep and watch the benefits and results unfold immediately. Some other benefits are your memory and learning abilities improve, your body becomes more effective at fighting off infection so you're not getting sick as easily, you have better control over your emotions and ability to manage the stress in your life, you are able to maintain a healthy weight because the hormones that control satiety which is regulating your hunger and fullness levels is properly being managed. And lastly, good sleep keeps your blood pressure in check, so decreased risk of heart disease and other high blood pressure-related ailments. And these benefits don't even talk about how they relate back to you being able to achieve your goals, feel good about yourself, feel happier, have better interactions with people, have more patience and control, have more self-discipline, have more energy, and be able to build the life you dream of. It literally all stems from getting good sleep. All of it. Now, carving out time for sleep is step one towards making it a priority, and I just gave you so many reasons as to why you need to do that. Step two comes from a nighttime routine, and then step three is catering your entire day towards getting good quality sleep. In my experience with coaching people, steps two and three are oftentimes not even considered when thinking about needing sleep but I'm here to tell you that your current nighttime routine, or lack thereof, is destroying you. If you wake up in the morning and you still feel tired, then you're not getting good sleep, so listen up. Again, this is directed towards people with no kids or medical issues, and you might want to think about not letting your pet sleep in the bed with you as they could be disrupting your sleep too. Chances are, you have a pretty consistent morning routine. Yet, when it comes to the evening time, You don't have nearly as many steps and actions to prepare your body and brain for bed. You cannot just all of a sudden decide it's time for bed, put on your PJs, wash your face, and get into bed and expect it to be filled with high quality REM cycles. Your nighttime routine should really begin about two hours before you plan on being asleep. I call this process turning the volume down on life. Basically, you want your artificial environment to match nature so as the sun begins to set, so does everything around you. This is definitely much more difficult in the middle of summer and the middle of the winter since you either have really long sunny days where the sun doesn't set until 9 or 9.30 p.m. or really short cloudy days where the sun sets at like 4 p.m. Which is why I recommend following the two hour rule. Turning the volume down on life looks like lowering the volume on the TV dimming the lights in the room as well as on your screens, and lowering your voices when in conversation. We want to send the signal to your brain that it's time to start calming down and prepare for sleep. Additional things could look like preparing for the next day by straightening up your place, laying out all the clothes you need for the next day, and packing your lunch. Basically, little things you can do to make your next morning easier. You also want to stop eating at the start of these two hours and drinking, and avoid any type of stimulating conversation or stressful events as that will keep your brain up and not allow it to begin relaxing. Your nighttime routine dictates how tomorrow goes and this is where you can begin showing up for your future self in the present moment, which is a key topic to master when you're striving for a successful life. Once you feel good about your nighttime routine, you can then move on to step three, which is making decisions throughout the day to prepare for good sleep that night. And steps two and three can definitely work at the same time, but we like the baby step approach or one step at a time. So focus on step one and then step two, and now we're into step three. We're talking movement, caffeine intake of when and how much, and sunlight exposure as those are things that are within your control. Whereas if you had a stressful day at work or if you're in a fight with someone that's close to your heart, those are things that are out of control that also negatively affect your sleep. But moving your body throughout the day helps improve your sleep, except the caveat is if you work out as in lift weights or take fitness class or do some sort of cardio too close to bed, again within the two-hour rule of wanting to be asleep, then you're not allowing your system to calm down for optimal sleep. And I know the gyms get crowded from 5 to 7, so some of you like to go after that, but I need you to seriously think about the strenuous activity you're doing so close to going to bed. And this is not about your ability to fall asleep, although that could very well be affected, but this is about your quality of sleep for the night. When you work out too close to bedtime, you're not allowing your body's temperature or adrenaline and cortisol levels to calm down and regulate. A lot of people don't understand how exercise is an additional stressor, and it can be used to relieve stress mentally, but cause more stress internally. Actually, poor sleep is a sign of overtraining, So keep that in mind as well as that's when your workouts are doing more harm than good to your body. Your caffeine intake should stop about 10 to 12 hours before you want to be asleep. So if you're going to bed at 11 p.m., then your last cup of whatever caffeinated substance you choose should be at 1 p.m., the absolute latest. And yes, this includes pre-workout for you late night gym goers. Otherwise, you start dancing with the devil of getting good sleep that night. Again, Even if you're the type of person that can fall asleep anywhere at any time, regardless of when you had something with caffeine, it doesn't mean that your body and brain are getting the full recovery sleep cycles that it needs. And it's probably why you're still waking up tired and dependent on caffeine, and now you're in this vicious cycle. And finally, sunlight. Remember, we are surrounded by artificial lights all the time, so you need to get yourself outside throughout the day even if it's a cloudy day, and expose yourself to natural light. You know that amazing feeling you get after a day at the beach or pool or lake, and you're freshly kissed by the sun, and you have the deepest, best sleep of your life right after you shower? Well, that's the sun doing its work on your circadian rhythm, which is also known as your internal clock. So your body is producing chemicals to help you stay more awake during the day and then releasing different chemicals to be more restful at night, and that's solely from the effects that the sun has on your body. And I know working in an office does make this difficult. If you really can't get outside at any point during the day while the sun is still up, try sitting next to a window for some of the day and get your exposure that way. When I had my corporate job, I luckily sat in front of a window and I had me and some coworkers go on walks throughout the day for extra movement, a break from staring at the computer screen, and exposure to direct natural light. Rainy days always sucked since it took our walk a clocks away, but we may do. And walk a clock is a term that I coined when I started encouraging people to go on walks with me. <laughs> and the last thing that I want to add is that like caffeine, alcohol destroys your sleep. But I'm extremely realistic with who I'm talking to And I know most of you 20-somethings listening have some kind of dependence on alcohol. So what I'm not saying is to cut out alcohol. In fact, when you work with me, I never tell you not to do something unless it was going to put you in serious danger. As coaching is guidance. It's not advice giving. And I have a slogan. It's on my website. It's on my business cards. And that's, I don't tell you how to live your life. I teach you how to make your life worth living. So it comes down to building on your awareness factor Which is also something that disappears with alcohol, so you have to work extra hard if this is important to you. But what I am saying is that you don't need that shot or drink at last call, or really even after 1am for that matter, because the only thing it's doing to you at that point is ruining your sleep and worsening your hangover. Plus it is my goal for you to be conscious of the decisions you're making whether they are good or bad for you. So in this case, it is deliberately choosing alcohol in favor of your sleep and knowing that you are going to have a pretty shitty next day with low energy levels, poor discipline, low productivity, lack of focus, and all the short-term harmful effects poor sleep brings outside of the harmful effects that alcohol brings. Bottom line, pretty much your entire day should be catered towards getting good sleep that night. I want sleep to be at the forefront of your mind for forever so that every action you take, you can ask yourself, how is this going to impact my sleep tonight? And then make your decisions accordingly. Sometimes your sleep is going to be impacted. We're just working towards decreasing the frequency of your shitty sleep to minimize the negative effects that come with it, while subsequently increasing all of the amazing benefits that are a direct result of getting optimal sleep. Now... Let's say you're accidentally or even deliberately screwing up your sleep. What you can do to help your sleep is make sure your sleeping environment is doing its best to support as good of sleep as you can get given the actions you took to make that difficult. Technically, this is how you should set the tone for every night whether you think your sleep quality is going to be good or not, and that is controlling your environment. So you can start with adding in white noise machines to help with noise levels, You can use earplugs, you can use headphones. For instance, I live off of a pretty noisy street. In fact, I've had to pause talking several times during this recording because of the revving engines that obnoxiously drive by. And they do it through the night as well sometimes. So I wear headphones to help drown them out. And some other tactics include setting the temperature to a nice cool environment and making the room as dark as possible with the help of blackout curtains if needed. And like I said before... On average, you want to be as consistent in your sleep schedule as you can be. So going to bed at roughly the same time and waking up around the same time, regardless of what day it is. This doesn't mean you need to set an alarm for 6am on the weekends, but it does mean you shouldn't sleep until noon and put yourself in jet lag mode. And remember, I always want you to start with one thing that you can do so it can compound on itself which can mean turning off all of the overhead lights and only using accent lights two hours before you want to be asleep. Try it for a few days and see if that helps you fall asleep faster and have better quality, and then add to it with some of the other things that I've already mentioned. If I wasn't clear enough, your sleep should not be a sacrifice when it comes to a busy schedule because you need your sleep to keep your head on straight. You're in charge of your sleep for the most part, So take ownership of how you're treating your body and brain and work to get your shit together. After all, that's what I'm here to help you with. And that begins with prioritizing your sleep. And I feel like this entire episode was one giant rant, but I told you at the beginning that this was an important topic. So the rant is over, get good sleep, and I'll be in your headphones again next week with another episode of How to 20-something. And thank you for listening, and as always... If you want to know what it's like to work with me one on one, get on my email list to join the next live workshop that I'm offering, have a story that other 20 somethings would benefit from hearing, or if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the show, please check out the links in the show notes and you'll see the breakdown for any of the things that you need. And with that, I love you all and I wish you a wonderful rest of your week filled with good sleep and productivity. And don't forget to hit subscribe so that you're notified the moment the next episode drops.